This is Mitch Peterson, and you're listening to General Conference Applied. Thank you for joining me for Season 2, Episode 20. In this episode, we will be discussing Brother Jan E. Newman's October 2023 General Conference Address, which was entitled, Preserving the Voice of the Covenant People in the Rising Generation. If you remember nothing else from this podcast episode, remember this. Brother Newman has invited us to help our children know Jesus deeply and specifically. Brother Newman has invited us to help our children know Jesus deeply and specifically. As we've discussed in previous episodes of General Conference Applied, it's important to identify the fundamental doctrine, principle, and Christ-like attribute of each General Conference address. In Preserving the Voice of the Covenant People in the Rising Generation, I identified marriage and family as the fundamental doctrine, family responsibilities as the fundamental principle, and diligence as the fundamental Christ-like attribute. I have included a detailed breakdown of this doctrine, principle, and Christ-like attribute in the talk outline, but I will share additional insights during this podcast episode. And in in each episode of General Conference Applied, we are attempting to answer two questions. The first, what is the speaker inviting me to do? And the second, how might I consider taking action? So before we dive into this, a few housekeeping items. As usual, I have created a talk outline, show notes for this podcast episode, and all of those links will be shared in the podcast episode details. You can also... Follow me on Instagram and Facebook, where I'm sharing additional insights for these general conference addresses and and in my weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to on my website, mitchellryanpeterson.com. But all of those links are going to be in the podcast episode details. If you like anything that I share in this podcast episode, quotes, references, go to the podcast episode details, go to the show notes, and, and all of that will be there. This podcast episode is being released on Sunday, February 18th, 2024. That leaves six more Sundays before General Conference Sunday. So General Conference is the the first Sunday in April. And so I have six more weeks, but I have 12 more General Conference addresses to cover. And so what I think I'm going to do is combine podcast episodes. So two general conference addresses per episode for the next six weeks. It just works out perfectly that way. 12 addresses left, six weeks. And what I'm going to try and do is pair together talks that can can build off one another. So for example, Elder Gary B. Sabin of the 70 gave a talk entitled Hallmarks of Happiness. And Elder Yoon Huan Choi gave a talk entitled, Do You Want to Be Happy? So I think that Hallmarks of Happiness and Do You Want to Be Happy would be good paired together. So I will will pair together those 12 general conference addresses into six episodes, and, and that will be kind of the format. And then on general conference Sunday, so I should have had this pulled up, but I think it's is it Sunday, April 7th? Just pulling up my calendar. So that would be Sunday, April 7th, 2024. I intend to release an episode focused on President M. Russell Ballard, who has passed away during the last, during this season of General Conference Applied, and Elder Patrick Kieran, who has been called to the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles during this season of General Conference Applied. So that will kind of be a special episode focused on them, kind of, well, President Ballard, his life, and and mainly focused on a resource that was delivered in the Liahona during the past couple of months, focused on his life. And for Elder Patrick Kieran, just kind of an introduction to him, general conference addresses and BYU speeches that he's given in the past, etc. So that's going to be the focus on on that Sunday, April 7th. And then uh, another season, season three of General Conference Applied, will begin at that point. 
So that's kind of the focus after this podcast episode, that will be the focus for kind of the next seven episodes over the next seven weeks. Okay, let's dive into this. So uh, here is Brother Newman's invitation from preserving the voice of the covenant people in the rising generation. Quote, one of our most sacred responsibilities is to help our children come to know deeply and specifically that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, their personal savior and redeemer, who stands at the head of his church. We cannot allow our covenant voice to become muted or silent when it comes to him. And so what this means in six words or less, help children know Jesus deeply, specifically. Help children know Jesus deeply, specifically. Over the past few episodes, I've been sharing the speaker's bio. This comes from the church's website and brother. So, so this is Jan E. Newman, Jan E. Newman and his wife, Lucia are the parents of six children. Jan E. Newman earned a bachelor's degree in French from Brigham Young University. He has served in a variety of church positions, including Bishop, stake president, scoutmaster, ward young men, president and temple worker. As a young man, Brother Newman served a full-time mission in the Belgium-Brussels mission. From 2006 to 2009, he served as president of the Nebraska-Omaha mission. He was serving as a stake president when he was called to the Sunday School General Presidency. Kind of interesting, he was President Newman, and he gets called as a general authority, and now he's Brother Newman. Kind of interesting that his title would shift in that manner. And then concluding, he has worked in the software industry in Utah for over 30 years. He is a serial entrepreneur and has founded several successful software companies. He is currently a partner at Sage Creek Partners, a technology consulting company in Utah. Now, conveniently enough, just a week and a half ago or so, uh, Brother Newman was the speaker during the weekly devotional at BYU. And so his talk was the February 6th, 2024 recent BYU speeches podcast episode and very engaging speaker. It was, it was fun to learn more about him. And so I thought I could share this story as well in connection with that bio that I've just shared from the church's website. This is how brother Newman met his wife, Lucia. He's, he said, because my mission language was French, I was hired as a student teacher of entry-level French classes here at BYU. In fact, it was in one of these classes that I met my future wife, Lucia. I will never forget when she walked into my classroom in the JKHB on the first day of class. She was the most beautiful girl I had ever seen. I was super disappointed to find out she wasn't actually enrolled in my class. Back then, in order to add a class, we had to get the teacher to sign a card. At the end of class, about 20 students came to the front of the room wanting to add my French 101 class. Lucia was at the very back of the group. Fortunately, I have very long arms, so I reached over about three rows of hopeful students, grabbed Lucia's card, signed it, and handed it back to her. Some of the other students were not pleased with my overreach. Before dating Lucia, I thought it would be a good idea to seek approval from the department chairman. When I asked him if it was okay to date a girl in one of my classes, he simply replied, isn't that what BYU is all about? Now, it is not what BYU is all about, but for me, it was right up there. That signature and approval changed my life forever. We began dating and were sealed in the Oakland, California temple about a year later. That's the end of the quote. I thought that was a fun story to start things off. The past couple of general conference addresses that I've covered, I've asked myself these questions. How does this message help me become more like Jesus Christ? And what does this message teach me about Jesus Christ? We're going to talk about this in shortly, but what stood out to me was that Brother Newman shared the story of Jesus. He has appeared to the Nephites in, in the book of Third Nephi in the Book of Mormon. He invites the little children to come to him. He prays, blesses them and then angels descend from heaven. And so I had written down in my journal, 
How does this message help me become more like Jesus Christ? Jesus taught little children. Of all the things he could have been doing, he made time for these little ones. And then in my journal, in response to, what does this message teach me about Jesus Christ? I wrote, Jesus Christ is deeply concerned about and invested in the children and youth of the church. And since Jesus Christ is deeply concerned and invested in the children and youth of the church, I need to be as well. Okay, the title of this talk stood out to me, Preserving the Voice of the Covenant People in the Rising Generation. We've talked about this in previous podcast episodes, but President Russell M. Nelson, in a May 15, 2022 Worldwide Devotional for Young Adults entitled Choices for Eternity, talked about labels. He stated, Labels can be fun and indicate your support for any number of positive things. Many labels will change for you with the passage of time, and not all labels are of equal value. But if any label replaces your most important identifiers, the results can be spiritually suffocating. For example, if I were to rank in order of importance the designations that could be applied to me, I would say, first, I am a child of God, a son of God, then a son of the covenant, then a disciple of Jesus Christ and a devoted member of his restored church. Next would come my honored titles as a husband and father, then apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. All other labels that have applied to me, such as a medical doctor, surgeon, researcher, professor, lieutenant, captain, PhD, American, and so forth, would fall somewhere down the list. Now, let us turn the question to you. Who are you? First and foremost, you are a child of God. Second, as a member of the church, you are a child of the covenant. And third, you are are a disciple of Jesus Christ. He concludes, "Tonight, Tonight I plead with you not to replace these three paramount and unchanging identifiers with any others, because doing so could stymie your progress or pigeonhole you in a stereotype that could potentially thwart your eternal progression. That's the end of the quote. And so I I understand child of God and disciple of Jesus Christ, but why is child of the covenant so important? That identifier that, that President Nelson listed second, child of the covenant. I liked this that President Nelson had to say. This was in his October 2011 general conference address, which was entitled Covenants. Quote, one of the most important concepts of revealed religion is that of a sacred covenant. In legal language, a covenant generally denotes an agreement between two or more parties. But in a religious context, a covenant is much more significant. It is a sacred promise with God. He fixes the terms. Each person may choose to accept those terms. If one accepts the terms of the covenant and obeys God's law, he or she receives the blessings associated with the covenant. We know that when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is predicated. Through the ages, God has made covenants with his children. His covenants occur throughout the entire plan of salvation and are therefore part of the fullness of his gospel. When we realize that we are children of the covenant, we know who we are and what God expects of us. His law is written in our hearts. He is our God and we are his people. Committed children of the covenant remain steadfast, even in the midst of adversity. When that doctrine is deeply implanted in our hearts, even the sting of death is soothed and our spiritual stamina is strengthened. And it concludes the greatest compliment that can be earned here in this life is to be known as a covenant keeper. Let me repeat that. The greatest compliment that can be earned here in this life is to be known as a covenant keeper. The rewards for a covenant keeper will be realized both here and hereafter. That's the end of the quote. And so I had written, Child of God connects me with our Heavenly Father. Child of the covenant connects me with my neighbor, i.e. everyone else. There is no room for hatred, discrimination, or racism. We are connected. The scriptures teach of the covenant people 
I learn from them and my children can learn from them as well. In Come Follow Me, we've, we've just been discussing Lehi and his family and the importance of sending his sons back a great distance to obtain the plates of brass from a wicked and powerful man. It was that important to bring the scriptures with them and thus, how important are the scriptures in our lives? We don't have to go and wrest them from a, a wicked and powerful man. They're probably on our person virtually 24 seven on our electronic devices. Are we prioritizing the study of the covenant people that are presented in both the Old and New Testaments and in the Book of Mormon? Okay, Brother Newman began his talk in the following manner. He stated, well, he, I, guess, I guess this isn't the, the very beginning of his talk, but he began his talk talking about our Savior Jesus Christ appearing to the multitude in the book of 3 Nephi, and then he calls the children, and, and this, this is picking up in this quote, then, speaking to the multitude, Jesus said, Behold your little ones. And as they looked, they saw the heavens open, and they saw angels descending out of heaven, ministering to their children. And Brother Newman states, I have often thought about this experience. It must have melted every person's heart. They saw the Savior. They felt him. They knew him. He taught them. He blessed them. And he loved them. It's no wonder that after this sacred event, these children grew up to help establish a society of peace, prosperity, and Christ-like love that lasted for generations. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our children could have experiences like that with Jesus Christ, something that would bind their hearts to him? That's the end of the quote. I have spoken frequently on this podcast about another podcast that I listen to each week. It's the Church News Podcast. And over the past couple of years, usually right near the beginning of a new year, the, the podcast guests are the Sunday School General Presidency, of which Brother Newman is serving as the second counselor. And so I'm going to share excerpts from a December 13th 2022 podcast episode with the Sunday School General Presidency, and then a January 9th, 2024 podcast episode, once again with the Sunday School General Presidency. I want to share excerpts from both of those podcast episodes because Brother Newman, in both of them, talked about this experience with angels descending and appearing to these little ones, these children. This is pretty powerful. Brother Newman stated, so we had met with the first presidency, and, and once again, this is December 13th, 2022. So we had met with the first presidency a couple of weeks ago, and President Nelson, again, told us how much he loved the Book of Mormon videos. He says, have you watched those? And I'm like going, I haven't watched all of them. So I went home and started watching. My wife started watching. And there was one scene where the Savior, he brings the children, he blesses them, and he says, Behold your little ones. And these angels descend from heaven and minister to the people. And right then I had this really strong impression that these angels who came and ministered to these people knew them. I don't know exactly who they were, but they knew them. And there was a familiarity with these heavenly beings in the people. You could just see it. And my wife had watched it earlier that day. And then she said, hey, I had a really interesting impression about that video. And I go, was it the, famili the familiarity of the angelic visitors with the people? And she goes, you had the same feeling? I go, yeah, I just had never felt that before. And I'd never felt that as I've read the scripture. And I've never felt that as I've read the scriptures. But when I saw it, it really impressed upon my mind. About five minutes later, our daughter called us, said, hey, I just watched this video where the angels came and ministered to the people, and I had this impression. And she said the exact same thing. 
And we're like going, okay, that was pretty great. That three different people having different experiences and a similar feeling about, a powerful feeling about the message that that video portrayed. And it may be something totally different to someone else, but we just lost a little baby in our family. And this daughter that called has been going through a very difficult time. And that really touched her heart. And it made heaven seem a little closer and that one day her little daughter would be there as a heavenly being and that she would experience that. So for a family, it was just so touching. That's the end of the quote. Really an interesting thought. And, and that's just perhaps Brother Newman's interpretation of the text, that the angels who descended and appeared to those children were perhaps family members who they knew, who had passed away in all of the destruction that occurred after the Savior's crucifixion in, in the Americas, or, or perhaps relatives or, or ancestors of those little children. Kind of an interesting thought. But he shared that, that same thing again. This was in the January 9th, 2024 Church News Podcast episode. Brother Newman stated, I love the fact that the Book of Mormon videos, they tell stories, and they take a section out of the scriptures and they tell a story. And that's just not a story. It's doctrine and it's principles and it's things to build faith. And we were at the first presidency one time. And we were talking about teaching and President Nelson said, you know how I taught my children? He says, I used to use one of those little film strip projectors where it beeped and you turn it. He says, that is how I taught my children the gospel. Uh, was using that to tell these little stories. And Brother Newman continues, now we have these beautiful videos that can do the same thing. And I will never forget when the second group of videos came out and President Nelson talked about them in conference. And we sat down and watched, and the one that just was so touching to me was when the Lord said, Behold your little ones. And the angels descended out of heaven and ministered to them. And as we sat and looked and listened, I'll never forget my wife. She goes, I had the impression that these people that were descending out of heaven knew these people. They were family. They were ancestors. They were people that really knew them. They just weren't someone that was random, but they were very special to the people that they appeared to. As we thought about that and we shared that with our family, it was just a really touching moment for us. That's the end of the quote. Just once again, really, really like that. Kind of an interesting thought. And, and it stood out to me that he shared the same thing basically 13 months apart. That stood out to me. And then once again, in this general conference address, he's sharing that as well. So I couldn't, couldn't help but share those insights with you. Another quote that stood out to me was that Brother Newman shared. He stated, we cannot allow our covenant voice to become muted or silent when it comes to Jesus Christ. And so I had listened to this chapter it's, I'm listening to Saints Volume 2, No Unhallowed Hand. And this was in chapter 23. It was a quote from Eliza R. Snow from April 30th, 1868. Eliza R. Snow had stated, The enemy is always pleased when we do not overcome our feelings of timidity and keep our tongues from speaking words of encouragement and determination. When that diffidence is once broken through, we soon gain confidence. The time will come when we will have to be in large places and act in responsible situations. That's the end of the quote. Really like that. We can't allow our covenant voice to become muted or silent. The enemy is pleased when we are timid and we keep our tongues from speaking words of encouragement and determination. Let's talk about Jesus Christ with our children. Let's not let the world silence those important words that we have to share. And then finally, before we dive into how we might consider taking action, Brother Newman has delivered two general conference addresses. This, this was his second one. His first was delivered in the April 2021 general conference. I've shared this in my podcast trailer but the invitation that Brother Newman shared in that general conference address in, in April 2021 was entitled Teaching in the Savior's Way. The invitation that he shared in that conference address ultimately led to this podcast, the General Conference Applied Podcast. 
the invitation that he shared was, the church provides many teaching resources in the Gospel Library app and on churchofjesuschrist.org. One such resource is titled, Teaching in the Savior's Way. I invite you to read and study its every word. I, I literally, so this is nearly three years ago, I can still remember exactly where I was when I heard that invitation. Just, just so happens I was halfway up a flight of stairs. But I can distinctly remember two thoughts kind of coming to me immediately in succession. The first was, I want to accept that invitation to, to read and study every word from teaching in the Savior's way. But the second thought that came was, what other invitations are being extended in general conference that I am missing? That, that was the question. That was the important question that I needed to ask. And it took a while, obviously. That was April 2021. I didn't start General Conference Applied until the April 2023 General Conference. But I'm grateful for that inspiration. And I'm grateful for the invitation that Brother Newman extended that's ultimately led to, to this podcast that has transformed and changed my life. Okay, how might I consider taking action? So once again, here was that invitation from Brother Newman. One of our most sacred responsibilities is to help our children come to know deeply and specifically that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, their personal Savior and Redeemer, who stands at the head of His Church. We cannot allow our covenant voice to become muted or silent when it comes to Him. And I've summarized this in six words. Help children know Jesus deeply, specifically. Help children know Jesus deeply, specifically. Brother Newman extended what I've identified as five directives. A directive is an official or authoritative instruction. It's to me, Brother Newman's way, ways that Brother Newman has shared with us that we can help children know Jesus deeply and specifically. It's his response to his invitation. And he's included some wonderful ideas here. Here was the first directive. He invites us, as he invited those parents in the Book of Mormon, to bring our little ones to him. We're obviously talking about Jesus Christ here. We can help them know their Savior and Redeemer the way these children did. We can show them how to find the Savior in the scriptures and build their foundations on him. Now from that same Church News podcast episode from January 9th, 2024, I wanted to share something that President Mark L. Pace, who's the Sunday School General President, so Brother Newman is his second counselor, but something that President Pace shared in that podcast episode. Quote, I invite us to get a clean copy of the Book of Mormon. I invite us to read it with questions that we have. And I invite us to mark and see how the Lord answers our questions as we read the Book of Mormon. He continues, when I was a bishop, I had a list of all the youth in my ward, and I wrote down all their names. And then on the other side of the page, I wrote, those who have read the Book of Mormon. And as I interviewed the youth, I would ask them, have you had a chance to read the Book of Mormon? And the youth would say, well, we've read it as a family. I said, have you had a chance to read it yourself? Well, no, I haven't. I said, I would, I would encourage you to read it yourself. You need to know. Then he continues, and as we'd have subsequent interviews, I would ask them about that. And sometimes I'd have an I'd have an interview and Sarah would look at me and she'd say, are you going to ask me? And I'd say, Sarah, yes, I was. How are you doing on reading the Book of Mormon? And she said, I just finished it. And then there was a spirit that rested down over us. And I said, how was it, Sarah? And she said, it was wonderful. Then I wrote Sarah's name over on the other side of the piece of paper. Sarah had read the Book of Mormon, and on and on and on. 
my effort as a bishop was to get as many of the use names from the left side of my piece of paper to the right, because as their names came over on the right-hand side of the page when they'd read the Book of Mormon, my fears did cease concerning them, because they were in a different level spiritually, and their lives had changed. That's the end of the quote. That is the power of the Book of Mormon. It is a wonderful testament of Jesus Christ. The Book of Mormon draws us near to Jesus Christ. In my physical copy of the Book of Mormon, in blue, I've highlighted all references to the Savior, including even just he or him. And it's amazing how much blue is in that book. The Savior is the focus of the Book of Mormon. I am closer to the Savior because of the Book of Mormon. I testify that Jesus Christ is our Savior and our Redeemer. That he performed an atoning sacrifice for each one of us. He is our judge, our advocate of the Father. I love him. I testify of him. I'm grateful for him. The second directive, Brother Newman stated, to build our lives on the rock of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, we need to dig deep. We remove anything that is sandy or superfluous in our lives. We keep digging until we find him, and we teach our children to bind themselves to him through sacred ordinances and covenants. That's the end of the quote. I liked this quote. This is from President Emily Bell Freeman's October 2023 General Conference Address, Walking in Covenant Relationship with Christ. This was Season 2, Episode 15 of General Conference Applied. President Freeman had stated, We call this walking the covenant path, a path that begins with the covenant of baptism and leads to deeper covenants we make in the temple. Perhaps you hear those words and think of checkboxes. Maybe all you see is a path of requirements. A closer look reveals something more compelling. A covenant is not only about a contract, although that is important. It's about a relationship. President Russell M. Nelson taught, The covenant path is all about our relationship with God. That's the end of the quote. As we invite our children to come to Jesus Christ and to ultimately make, participate in sacred ordinances and make sacred covenants with our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ, might we instruct them that the covenant path is not not just a checklist, but it's an opportunity for us to develop a relationship with our Heavenly Father and with our Savior. Keeping the commandments, participating in our church meetings, prayer, all of these are opportunities to strengthen and nurture our relationship with our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's another directive. For the rising generation, it's not enough for faith in Jesus Christ to be the tradition of their fathers. They need to own faith in Christ for themselves. As the covenant people of God, how can we instill within the hearts of our children a desire to make and keep covenants with him? We can start by following the example of Nephi. We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. That's 2 Nephi chapter 25, verse 26. Brother Newman continues, Nephi's words imply a constant, ongoing effort to teach our children about Christ. We can ensure that the voice of the covenant people is not silent in the ears of the rising generation and that Jesus is not a Sunday-only topic. That's the end of the quote. In I'm I'm recording this, well, it's actually early Sunday, February 18th at this point, but the evening of Saturday, February 17th, 2024, I participated in a state conference adult session, Elder Paul N. Clayton in Area 70, and and actually the son-in-law of President M. Russell Ballard is our visiting authority. 
and he referred to that verse as intentional parenting. I liked that. We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of, our sin, of their sins. That is intentional parenting, where we direct our children to our Savior Jesus Christ through both word and deed. And then I liked this. This comes from Preach My Gospel under the Christ-like attribute of diligence. Now, there's going to be some talk in this quote about missionary work, that perhaps we could replace the words missionary work with parenting or gospel teaching. So here's that quote, diligence is consistent, earnest effort. In missionary work, diligence is an expression of your love for the Lord. When you are diligent, you find joy and satisfaction in the Lord's work. Diligence includes doing many good things of your own free will instead of waiting for leaders to tell you what to do. Continue to do good even when it is hard or you are tired. I, I think all parents can relate to that. Yet recognize the need for balance and rest so you do not run faster than you have strength. Center your heart and interests on the Lord and his work. Avoid things that distract you from your priorities. Focus your time and efforts on the activities that will be most effective in your area, or for example, in your family, and most helpful to the people you are teaching. And that's the end of the quote. I really like that. Center your heart and interests on the Lord and his work. Avoid things that distract you from your priorities. Okay, the fourth directive that I identified, Brother Newman stated, so what does it look like to feast on the words of Christ and hear him? Well, it looks like whatever works best for you. It might be gathering with your family to talk about the things the Holy Ghost taught you in your scripture study using Come Follow Me. You might be gathering each day with your children to read a few verses from the scriptures and then looking for opportunities to discuss what you learned as you spend time together. Just find what works for you and your family, then try to do a little better each day. In Church News episode podcast, in Church News podcast episode 169, uh, this was January 2nd, 2024. So the, actually the, the episode before that I've quoted from a couple of times, but this was Elder Dale G. Renland, who was the guest on the podcast. He had this to share about doing a little bit each day. The wonder of Come Follow Me is that it is terrific for busy moms and busy dads because of the way it is organized. So if we are really busy, the worst thing that we can do is to make it overly complex, to think that it has to be done in a certain way. It has to be a lesson. It has to be that way. Instead, what we can do is we can take out our little gospel library app. We can go to Come Follow Me 2024 tile. We go to individuals and families. We go to the material. You go to the week and you see what is there. And you can scroll through it and you get to a place that talks about ideas for family scripture study and home evening. And all of a sudden you have some passages. You can just read those. You can ask what the application is. Or you find where there is a video that you can show and ask people in the family what they saw. And it does not require a huge amount of preparation to do that because it is laid out. It is simple. And I think then you just, you do just that. You show the video, ask your children, and then you say, as a busy mom or busy dad, well, that was great. Let's have prayer and go to bed. And so I think the biggest challenge is thinking that there is a huge preparation that is needed. Whereas just getting into it, just starting at picking the week, just looking through and seeing what little piece you want to read out of there, I think that helps. That's the end of the quote. I think that's very practical advice, that this doesn't need to be something big. What matters is consistency over time. Just find ways that work for you and your family. We found... We've found that praying and reading a verse or two in the scriptures right before my sons go to school each morning is a time that works for us. 
My sons are also interested in the Book of Mormon videos that I've referenced. And if you haven't seen those, please go look for those. They're on YouTube. They're on the church's website. I've shared a link in the show notes. But just find ways that to work for you and your family with your situation. And just do the best that you can each day. Okay, and then finally, this is the final directive that I identified and, and the one that I'm going to talk about the most. Brother Newman had stated, Ward councils are authorized to organize teacher council meetings for parents. In these quarterly meetings, parents can gather to learn from each other's experiences, discuss how they are strengthening their families, and learn key principles of Christ-like teaching. This meeting should be held in the second hour of church. It is led by a ward member selected by the bishop and follows the format of regular teacher council meetings. Using teacher, teaching in the Savior's way is the primary resource. Bishops, if your ward is not currently holding teacher council meetings for parents, work with your Sunday school president and ward council to organize yourselves. That's the end of the quote. So, an application of this, obviously, is straight from Brother Newman's April 2021 General Conference address that I had shared, where he invited us to read and study teaching in the Savior's way. This, this is handbook section 13.5. This is the section that references teacher council meetings for parents. It says, improving learning and teaching in the home. Parents are responsible for teaching the gospel to their children. They can ask the Sunday school president to help them improve as teachers. The ward council may organize teacher council meetings for parents to help them improve gospel teaching in the home. Like other teacher council meetings, these are held during the 50-minute class time on Sunday. Teaching in the Savior's Way is the main resource for these meetings. But since I haven't shared enough clips from this Church News Podcast episode from January 9th, 2024, I'm going to share another one. So this was Brother Newman, and when asked about these teacher council meetings for parents, this was his insight. So the one thing with teacher council meetings for parents is we're trying to put something in place so parents don't feel alone. And that could be grandparents, it can be single parents, it can be anybody that is working in their home to teach family members. And I think sometimes we just feel really alone. And it really is a council meeting. So the first little part, we spend counseling together, sharing what we're experiencing, the good, and maybe some of the, cha some of the challenges. And we take 15 minutes or so and we do that. And that's one of my favorite parts. I do this all the time with members and I love listening, especially when people are kind of raw and really honest. And they just say, we are really struggling with this. And they say what they're struggling about. And someone says, you know what? I remember our family was like that one time. Here's what we did. And all of a sudden, all of this great momentum comes together, right? The next one is you learn together. Take 15 minutes and you take a principle out of teaching in the Savior's way. Christ-like teaching, whether it's love those you teach, teach the doctrine, teach by the Spirit, invite diligent learning. And you learn together and you share ideas and thoughts. And then the last thing, for 15 minutes or so, you talk about the things you learned that day. And then you invite people over the next three months or so. You invite people over the next three months or so to implement those things. And I think the best thing we can do is we create a group that can then talk to each other outside of that teacher council meeting about what's going on and they can support each other. And, and that's the end of the quote. So that's a very practical approach to these teacher council meetings where you could break it up into 15 minutes of where are you at now, 15 minutes of instruction and 15 minutes of kind of a recap of what you learned and what to do going forward. But I think it's so important that what he said there at the end, create a group that can then talk to each other outside of that teacher council meeting about what's going on and they can support each other. And I'm going to talk about that shortly. In my journal, I had written, Elders Quorum and Relief Society are more than a meeting. They are a mastermind. And I'm going to share a quote about masterminds shortly. 
While a large group setting is not necessarily ideal for discussing individual efforts at teaching the gospel in the home, perhaps breakout groups in these meetings or ministering visits in the homes are ways to discuss these efforts more frequently than once a quarter. Utilize teacher council meetings for parents to generate ideas, but then more individual efforts to take action on those ideas. And so here, here are some additional thoughts on teacher council meetings for parents. I, I referenced mastermind. So this was first introduced in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. Here's the quote, the mastermind principle, two or more people actively engaged in the pursuit of a definite purpose with a positive mental attitude constitute an unbeatable force. I really like that. Two or more people actively engaged in the pursuit of a definite purpose with a positive mental attitude constitute an unbeatable force. That is the goal of Elders Quorum and Relief Society, of any quorum or class or group in the church to engage in a definite purpose and to become an unbeatable force. So here, here are just some ideas for kind of these groups outside of the, the teacher council meeting. So perhaps the teacher council meeting for parents helps you generate some ideas. Then how could you take this a step further? One idea could be to organize a book club to study teaching in the Savior's way with members of your elders quorum or Relief Society. Perhaps you could schedule ministering visits with the families to whom you minister and then plan to discuss certain sections of teaching in the Savior's way during these visits. So you would kind of work together, you, your ministering companion, the families to whom you minister, and discuss what you'd like to study from teaching in the Savior's way and then talk about it in kind of a ministering visit, kind of reinforcing the, the teaching um, advice or counsel that you received in that teacher council meeting for parents. An additional idea, and this came actually from that state conference adult session that I attended a few hours ago, is to make a list of ideas for how I might better teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to my children. And in this adult session, Elder Clayton, he shared two excerpts from Elder David A. Bednar's April 2019 General Conference Address. That was entitled, Prepared to Obtain Every Needful Thing. And then he invited us to consider ways we could, one, transform our homes into missionary training centers, and two, transform our homes into vital temple preparation classes. And, and these were the two excerpts from Elder Bednar's talk. The ultimate missionary training center is in our homes. Secondary missionary training centers are located in Provo, Manila, Mexico City, and in other locations. Sao Paulo, Brazil is the one I attended. And the other quote, vital temple preparation classes occur in our homes. Important but secondary temple preparation classes also may be conducted periodically in our meeting houses. So during this adult session of state conference, members from the audience basically shared thoughts for how we could transform our homes into missionary training centers and how we could transform our homes into vital temple preparation classes. So that could be an activity that you could do individually as a couple, even if you don't have children. And Elder Clayton actually talked about this in that, in that adult session of state conference, that even if you don't have children with you in the home, perhaps you're a grandparent now. Well, this still applies to you. How can you transform your home into a missionary training center so that when your grandchildren come to your home, they can learn the gospel of Jesus Christ. This also applies to, he, he mentioned aunts and uncles. Even if you don't have children of your own, perhaps you're a primary teacher or you work with the primary, there are ways that we can teach the rising generation about Jesus Christ, about his importance, about his vital role as our savior and redeemer. I, I really like this idea 
this teacher council meeting for parents. I, I didn't, I'd never heard of it. I've heard of these teacher council meetings that are happening for instructors. So for primary teachers and for instructors in Sunday school, elders quorum and relief society. But I really like this idea of this teacher council meeting for parents. So as we conclude in each general conference applied podcast episode, I commit to taking action on something that I felt inspired to take action on, on, on the, the speaker's invitation. And so last week in Bishop Waddell's address, more than a hero, I had committed to studying the living Christ, the testimony of the apostles it was released on January 1st, 2000. So I was going to study that and then take 20 minutes to write my testimony of Jesus Christ, my journal. And I, I did that. And I just like to echo the closing words of the living Christ. He is the light, the life, and the hope of the world. His way is the path that leads to happiness in this life and eternal life in the world to come. God be thanked for the matchless gift of his divine son. I bear testimony of him, of Jesus Christ, that he lives, that he is our savior. My action item for this week is to contact a member of my ward council and to ask them to discuss in their next ward council meeting organizing teacher council meetings for parents in my ward. How will you take action on this general conference address? Feel free to let me know. You could reach out to me on social media. You could email me, mitch at mitchellryanpeterson.com. Whatever it is, do something, do anything, but to start, just, just do one thing, anything, to take action. I've found that as I take action on these invitations, not only does it help me remember what I've been invited to do, but it helps me feel more involved in the Lord's work. It's teaching me new things. It's putting me in new situations. So I would invite you to take action, find a way to take action on something that you felt inspired to do today. If you remember nothing else from this podcast episode, remember this. Brother Newman has invited us to help our children know Jesus deeply and specifically. Brother Newman has invited us to help our children know Jesus deeply and specifically. I testify once again of Jesus Christ. He is our Savior and our Redeemer. I testify of our Heavenly Father that he knows and loves us, that we are his children. I testify of the Book of Mormon, that it is another testament of Jesus Christ, that Joseph Smith translated that book by the gift and power of God. And I testify of these things in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you once again to those of you who have subscribed to the podcast and are sharing it with others. I would invite you, if you haven't already, to rate the podcast so that the algorithm gets that, gets the podcast out to, to others. And I look forward to speaking with you in future episodes. Have a great week.